Morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be with you today. Today we're continuing in our series on the person of Jesus Christ, and I don't anticipate that coming to a close anytime soon. The Apostle Paul, the chief apostle to the Gentiles, he told us that Christ is our life. For when Christ, who is your life, he is our life. In him we live and we move and we have our being. There's nothing about godly living that doesn't include Jesus, does not originate from Jesus, does not require Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is all in all, and we are complete in him. In him the fullness dwells, and God's pleased that in him should all the fullness dwell. He's pleased about that. When God audibly spoke from heaven, he said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. God never spoke those words well pleased about any other man. Less audibly from heaven for all men to hear. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he told the apostles, This is my son, my beloved son. Hear him. In him are all things that pertain to life and godliness. In him are contained the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And there is never, ever a point in your life where you do not need him or don't depend on him or or can afford to be ignorant of him or what he is doing or what he has to offer to you. He must be known. Jesus Christ must be known. He is the only one who knows the Father. The only one who can show you the Father. And he's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord. This isn't an optional thing. We're thankful to be able to. Thank the Lord we're we're able to to be here today and to learn about our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, we live in a world of change. Everything about the human experience points to and is seeped in change. Whether for the, the better or for the worse, as people would say, whether it's something that men would call progressive, or, or if something were to decay, people say things like, nothing lasts forever, and all good things must end. These are, these are actually statements of ignorance. Nothing, but they say these things because that's their experience. That's fallen man's experience in this world. Sameness is tied to mundaneness. It's tied to vanity. You know, nothing in this world really does stay the same. Neither can it. The seasons change, spring, summer, fall, winter, and God has arranged this. He said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, cycling changes, day and night shall not cease, and the times change. Solomon noted that not all the time was the same. He said that everything there is a season and a time 
to every purpose under heaven. There was a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to mourn, a time to dance. See, there's, there's just, we live in an experience of constant change. Not only does time change, but people change according to the changing times and circumstances. The slothful man did not beg in the time to plow, but in the time of harvest, when the circumstances were different, his slothfulness turned to urgency really quick. People, animals, even plants, they grow, they age, they die, they decay. The grass withers and the flower fades. Once strong men are made feeble with age. And once the once beautiful bride fades like that flower of the field. All things are affected by and changed by time and circumstance. Not just by appearance, but men's decisions change. And sometimes unwillingly. As sometimes he does not always have the power to perform his will. How many, how many times have you changed your mind because of the circumstance? It's a blizzard out there. I, I think we won't go to the store after all. Yeah. The natural man's preferences change. Yeah. What he likes and his dislikes and his ideas and his hobbies and his careers, all subject to constant vacillating change. These things are able to be influenced by others and influenced in a moment's notice. What was once acceptable to the person might suddenly today be entirely unacceptable to them. Or what they once pursued with rigor and with their heart, suddenly it finds no meaning and it falls into vanity. He is able to be persuaded, coerced. His thoughts and perceptions of others are also subject to change. So much for the free will of man. One day, men like you, and the next day, they hate you. <laughs> One day, they're getting married, and the next day, they're getting divorced. <clears throat> if you ask me, a lot of these changing things about men need changing. In light of these things, to find that anyone, to find that anybody in their right mind would place their trust in mankind is absolutely astonishing. But this is not how God is. This is not how God is. God does not change, and his son does not change either. Jesus' unchanging nature reveals and confirms to us the unchanging nature of our God. The I am sent Moses into Egypt. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. The human language just hit a barrier when it came to Jesus describing his eternality. That's right. Amen. I am. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, the psalmist in human language describe with the highest level of accuracy what that means. Even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. 
Not only does God not change, but he has no need to change. God is perfectly holy. He's perfectly righteous. He's perfectly wise. He's perfectly omniscient. He's perfectly powerful. He's perfectly merciful and tender and meek and mild and loving and caring and giving. There's no variation or shadow of turning with him. There's no uncomeliness with him. There exists an infinite beauty, an infinite serenity, an infinite peace, an infinite tranquility, an infinite calmness. He has no need to change. And with that, of course, is the other side. God cannot change for the worse. He cannot diminish. God cannot diminish. He will never be anything less than these things. He will never stop being holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He will never stop being perfect in every sense of the word. Perfect. And this, brethren, is a great benefit for us. God even told Israel at one point, he said, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, because he didn't change, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Because God promised what he promised to Abraham. It constrained him from wiping all of humanity off of the earth. In the same way, because God has determined to save sinners, he is long-suffering and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's declared to us, he said, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has come out of my lips. And again, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent, change his mind. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Now, see, God doesn't say these things because he has, has to prove himself to us. He says this to us because of our condition, because of our experience, because we live in a world of change. It's a, it's a word that we can hold on to. It's a comforting word from the Lord. He doesn't speak to the, to the angels this way. He doesn't have to speak to the angels this way. Remember what God told Moses, that an angel would go before them and protect them on the way to the promised land. And then he warned them. He warned them. He said, don't provoke him. Do what he says, for he will not forgive your transgression because my name's in him. There, there, was, there was no question what the angel thought God thought about iniquity. There was no question there. God has a, like a zero tolerance policy for sin. And that still stands to this very day. Even when Jesus approached the Gadarene demoniac and the demons cried out and they said, art thou come hither to torment us before the time. See, they know that God has an appointed time of torment. They know that God's not going to change his mind about it. 
What God has decided and what God loves and what God hates is all set in stone and it cannot be changed. He has a determinate counsel and it's determinate in every sense of the word, determinate. The scriptures reveal how God reacts to transgression. Then why are we at peace with God? Why has God forgiven our sin? Is it, is it because he has decided to overlook it? Is it because a technicality has arisen and now God looks at sin differently? No, God cannot change. So if sin's going to be atoned for, the sacrifice can't be a changing sacrifice either. It has to be a once-for-all sacrifice. It has to deal with the brunt of sin. It has to be taken out of the way. See, it's not God who's changed in salvation. It's us. We are the ones who are changed. We have peace with God because God has removed the enmity. He's, he's, he's forgiven sin. He's canceled the debt. If any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. <clears throat> Salvation is actually, therefore, then, saving, God, saving men from God's unchangeable reaction to sin and saving men to God's unchangeable reaction for his righteousness. And I thank God for that. And God has appointed his son and he's working through his son. And he has highly exalted his son and he has given into his hand all things and he has given us to him. And Jesus has sat down at the right hand of God and God will never change his mind about that decision. And then the spirit declares to us, that as the Father, the Son is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, there are some things that if they are the same, when men think about it, they tend to be boring or without variety. Like if a person has to eat the same thing every day. But we cannot think of God being the same or Christ being the same in this way. There's nothing mundane about the sameness of God or Christ. Christ is not mediocre. There is an ever-increasing aspect to the things of God. They aren't monotonous. Yes. Amen. Christ can remain the same and remain alluring and increasing. If someone finds that Christ is boring, they really haven't seen him. They really don't know him. They really haven't been exposed to him. Nothing is as captivating as the presence of the Lord. What Jesus has accomplished will never fade away and will never cease to be remembered. The place of Jesus will never change. The position of Jesus will never change. The posture that Jesus is in will never change. The purpose towards his beloved church will never change. The perfection of Jesus will never change. The preeminence of Christ will never change. The power of Christ will never change. The promises of Jesus will never change because ultimately the person of Jesus will never change. He is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. 
He will never stop interceding for us. He will never stop mediating the new covenant. He will, we will never again have a change in our high priesthood. It is written that Jesus only did the things that please the Father, and he will continue to be well-pleasing to him. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but his words will not pass away. If he has promised something, it's as good as done. His reigning status will never change. It is written, he shall reign forever and ever. Christ will reign forever, and it is written of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. You see, it's the nature of the kingdom to increase. The, the experience of heaven, or, or rather, what we will find to be reality in the world to come, is that these qualities of God, love, joy, peace, they will be manifest to us in like an exponentially expanding and increasing fashion. Okay, speaking as a man, every day with God will be better and more satisfying than the day before. For all eternity. It's not because God's getting bigger and bigger. God's not getting bigger and bigger. God doesn't change. It's just that our perception of God, what we know about God, it's going to increase. The longer we're with Christ and the longer we're with God, the more that we're going to understand about him and the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And, And there is stability in Christ. There's stability in a Christ that does not change. This means the more of Christ you have in you, the more stable you are. See, children who are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine have not grown in the knowledge of the Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. To be tossed to and fro means that you're constantly changing your mind about what God is doing, what he's involved in. You're constantly changing your mind about what you should be seeking after or, or, or how you should be involved in the, the will of God or, or, or how you should be living your life. Now, some people would dare to label that growth, but growth always has to do with becoming more stable. Yeah. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you are being transformed into the likeness of Christ and bearing his likeness in an ever-increasing measure, you're becoming less movable. You're being brought into the center of God's will and into the center of his purpose, into the unity of the spirit. As the scripture, it says things like grounded and settled, rooted and grounded. See, people who are not rooted and grounded in the unchangeable Christ but are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. See, they're they're more easily persuaded of the lie. They're easily deceived. They're easily confused. They are prone to thoughts, to accept thoughts that cause division and doubt and uncertainty and unbelief. Whatever it is that you know about Jesus, whatever it is, hold on to that. Hide it in your heart. Don't forget it. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
We need not be confused. We need not be ignorant. And this is what the Hebrews writer is emphasizing here. God has placed certain members in the body that are spiritual leaders, seasoned brethren that have spent a considerable amount of time with the Lord and know him. They're, they've grown up into Christ. They are pointing the way to Christ and they are to be followed. Just like Christ leaned upon the Lord while he was here on earth. Jesus had to learn. Jesus had to grow in wisdom and, and, and in stature. Christ depended on every God, on every word of God. It says here in this chapter, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Follow stable believers and you will become stable because you're becoming acquainted with the one that does not change. See, the, the doctrine of Christ never changes. His doctrine never changes. The gospel is, same, is the same in its effects upon the hearts of men. There, there's nothing to learn of God outside of Christ. Amen. So we can also follow because of this, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. You can follow the saints of old. You can follow saints from centuries past that have written things down for our benefit because they follow the same Jesus Christ that we follow. There's a, there's a surety in Christ that is just truly flawless. Like God, Jesus doesn't ever change his mind or take back what he says. His word is sure because he himself is sure. And this gives us great confidence knowing that what he has promised us will surely come to pass, just as he said. Anything that Christ ever did is actually an extension of who he is. Yes, amen. Now, not everything that Christ does is the same. Like Jesus isn't suffering anymore. He's not, he's, he's reigning. Jesus is reigning. He's not suffering anymore. When we get to heaven, he will have finished the faith that he offered and authored in us. He won't need to keep the feet of his saints anymore at that point in time. We won't have an enemy. The point is, is, is that when we say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the point is that the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, does not and will not ever change. Christ still feeds the hungry. He still invites those who thirst to come and drink. He still welcomes repenting sinners. He will still never break a, ruse, a bruised reed or quench a smoking flax. He is still willing for those who come to him to be healed. He says, I am willing. He still responds to the faith of men. He still rebukes the unbelief of men. He still asks doubting men, why, why did thou doubt? He still hates hypocrisy and religious pretension. He still teaches those who forsake all to follow him. 
he still seeks and saves that which is lost. He will still have mercy and not sacrifice. He still says, go and sin no more after you've been forgiven. He still says that. He still rejects the proud. He still gives grace to the humble. He still gives life and he still gives it abundantly. Today, you can receive an abundance from Christ. Amen. He still shows us the Father. He still works in the interests of the Father. He is still beloved by the Father. He still leads his people beside still waters and into green pastures. His voice is still heard and recognized by his sheep. He's still the way, the truth, and the life. And he is not ashamed still today to call us brethren. I take great pleasure in knowing that I am able to be changed Mm -hmm. by the one who can never change. The potter's hands that cannot fail. They will remain just as perfect tomorrow as they are today. We all see change for the better or worse. All things decay under the blight of the curse. The grass it withers and the flower it fades, with nothing here ever remaining the same. And the times are not static, but they move through the seasons. And such is mankind, natural man when he thinks and he reasons. Decisions they change and the plans they are thwarted, and sometimes not by choice do we find them aborted. This is a strange thing, uncommon the men, To understand sameness without start and no end, the eternal things hidden from the natural man. When they say it was, God still says, I am. Forever and ever, this would have been concealed. But now in his son, this truth so revealed, the day star it dawns in marvelous light to comprehend sameness and eternal life. At least in some measure do we clearly see Jesus the same and we do gain stability. And as we maintain a fix on this sight, we all are transformed in this marvelous light. Jesus the same, we proclaim and we shout, his word is still valid as is his account. He still forgives sin, still cleanses the conscience. He's still in his sin control and his reign is still constant. He still pleases God and he still pleads for us. His person so stable in him we can trust. He still receives faith and rebukes unbelief. He still satisfies us and he offers us relief. His yoke is still easy and his burden is still light. And he is still willing to give men who come to him his life. He is still the way. He is still the truth. He is still employing God, men, for God's eternal use. He is still Emmanuel. He is still doing all things well. He is still feeding his sheep. He is still keeping their feet. Anything revealed to us about our Lord Jesus will never be appealed, and he will never leave us. His preeminence, person, position unchanged. His promises, powers, and purpose remains. He always will be there, the lamb that was slain. He always will rule and he always will reign. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. 
And knowing him is the only way that man will ever gain. He has never changed. And oh, how I can see that the only one who's changing, it's you and it's me. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.